Welcome the fuck back to the new season of Please Ask Mickey. Well, welcome back to me. No one else went anywhere. It was just me. I went off and had a baby. Um, so that's a huge deal. So, yeah, welcome. Welcome to the new season. I'm so excited. It feels good to be back. Um, I know it has been a while. That's because in my head, I actually still have a newborn, but it's just occurred to me that he's almost actually five months old. So I really took my fucking time coming back, but it just goes so quickly. Um, I don't know if you have a baby or you're planning on having one, but God, it goes fast. I mean, this is my second child. I f- like I thought Maddie grew up quickly, but Marley, because I mean, he's the second baby. So he's like, he, pa- he practically parents himself. Um, and he's hitting his milestones all really early. And I think it's just because he like thrives off neglect. So, you know, with Maddie, I was holding her all the time because I could, but with Marley, I can't cause I'm dealing with like a completely super emotional two and a half year old, um, who just is just trying to navigate life and has basically got the emotions of a fucking teenage girl. Um, so Marley just has to like chill on the floor. Like he has hours and hours upon tummy time and he's just like so bored that he's like I'm gonna fucking roll um so he does heaps of stuff early he's actually trying to get his legs up under him and try and crawl at the moment um which is insane so I might have to start actually giving him a little bit more attention so he stops trying to do things because especially with your set like with your first child I feel like you really you're so excited for them to hit all the all the milestones um, you know, you want them to walk and run and talk and say mama and dada and all those sorts of things. Um, and then of course they become a toddler and they start talking back to you and they're actually a bit mean and you're like, okay, can we, can you regress please? Now, now would be a really good time for a regression. Um, but with your second, you are in no, you are not rushing for those things at all. I mean, like the moment that Marley starts trying to walk or anything like that, I'm going to push him the fuck over because he's already growing up way too quickly. And I'm just going to like, I already missed that little newborn phase. And then I'm going to want to get pregnant again. And I fucking hated being pregnant with Marley. So oh, I wish that I was as rich as Kim Kardashian and could just like get someone else to do it for me. I mean... Wouldn't that be just so ideal? I loved pregnancy with Maddie, but I didn't have another baby. I mean, I didn't have a toddler that I had to run around. Pregnancy with Marley, I feel like I got all the symptoms times 10 and I was absolutely so done. I was like ready to, I was wanting an epidural at like 20 weeks. Um, but so, and I, and I swore, I was like begging Chris every single day, go get your, go get fucking neutered. I need all your tubes tied. It is time for you to get de-sexed. And he was like, let's at least wait until after the baby, you know? And I was like, no, no, no. I will go and order an Uber and they can send you to wherever the fuck you need to go to the nearest vet. They're pretty good at that shit. So wherever you need to go to get that shit sorted so we can not make any other babies ever. Because if you do this to me again, I will chop your dick off. I looked him dead in the eyes one night and said that. I was like, if you get me pregnant again, I will kill you. Like, no ifs or buts about it. I will absolutely kill you. I'm not doing this again. I was just so, I couldn't even believe, like, how much of a, I was Satan. I was just straight up Satan when I was pregnant. Uh, There was every single day I would just cry and be like, 
beg Chris, like, lock me up, please lock me the fuck up, send me to a mental institution. I don't know who I am anymore. Um, but anyway, have babies. It's so great because Marley came out, actually. He didn't just come out. Uh, he made his way into the world and he's the best. As soon as he was out, I was like, oh my God, I'd do this again in a heartbeat, which is so fucked. Actually, that's not true. And I'll tell you more about that on this episode because, um, I mean, I've segued so hard, but that's so classic of me. So this whole new, um, format for the podcast. If you follow me on my, if you follow me on my socials, you can hit me up at, at please ask Mickey. Um, I know what a cunt. So if you do follow me on my socials, you would know that, um, the podcast has a new structure, which I'm really excited about. And I really need in my life because I mean, I've got two kids now and I'm trying to work as well. So the podcast needed a structure for me and I think for everyone else because I know there were so many times, there's so many topics that I want to tackle because as women and as mums, there's so many, um, there's so many things that we want to know about and there's so many uh, issues and so many topics and so many uh, discussions and things that we want to have and we want to get into, but you kind of have to listen to like 700 different podcasts just to like get your fix. Um, and I really wanted to delve into so many of these topics properly. Like not just, there were so many amazing people and women that I was, that I spoke to or were interviewing and an hour was just never enough. And then I wanted to almost talk to someone else about the same issue and really delve into that issue. So that's why from now on, this the podcast is going to be done in seasons um, and not just seasons as far as when I want to have a fucking break or when it's Christmas time, but seasons as in each season is a different topic. So that way we can really, really, um, really delve into it, into different topics. Um, you know, things like some of the, the topics that we're going to be, I'm going to say delving again, delving into um, are things like, so the first, this season is birth because I mean, hot off the press, uh, like I've just had a baby. So that's a pretty, that's a close subject for me. I really want to discuss birth. Um, and I did, a um, a poll and you guys wanted to discuss birth as well, which is cool. I love birth. Um, so this season is all about birth. The next season's all is going to be women who inspire me. So I'm going to have some really, really awesome women on. Um, Then we've got doing a fertility season, doing a relationship season, a pregnancy season, a new mum season. Um, Oh, so many hormones. Um, What were some of the other ones? Like toddlers, how to parent. And then in between each season, I'm just going to have on um, a guest who like a, a, a special guest, someone who I guess isn't really an expert in anything, but is just a funny fucker. Um, and we're just going to play a drinking game or something, you know. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I feel like we're on this journey together because I'm an open book and I like to be, I like to be open and real and vulnerable about all of this, including my podcasting journey. So 
I mean, the the podcast is called Please Ask Mickey, which means that, like, this is all of our podcast. So if there's something that you want to know or there's a topic that you want discussed or whatever it is, um, make sure that you email me or probably email is the best way. Email me, I don't know, send me a bird, whatever it is, whatever you're using these days. And let me know because then we can get into it. We can tackle it. We can suss it out. I can um, hit a few people up and we can get into it. So anyway, as I said, this season is about birth because I recently-ish, I mean, sorry. By the way, Marley's in the studio with me. I'm just trying to shove a nipple in his mouth as we speak. There you go, mate. There you go. Um, which is really cool. The Hit Network are fucking legends and they're really, um, they're so supportive of women. I mean, you know that because like Carrie had a baby and they recorded out of her house, you know, so it's awesome. They let me bring Marley into the studio with me. Um, and I mean, it's appropriate because this is a podcast for mums and for women. Um, and I mean, like, let's be real. It's really hard getting back to work and doing all that kind of stuff. And especially when you're breastfeeding or if you're not breastfeeding, whatever it is. So it makes it really easy being able to do kill two birds with one stone, really. Um, and I mean, I don't want to be a cunt right now, but I'm in the new studio and I'm at the moment, I'm sitting here breastfeeding. I've got a coffee in front of me. I'm recording in this gorgeous studio and I'm looking over Brisbane City and I just really feel like I'm such a fucking douchebag. I mean, I don't want to look down on everyone in Brisbane City, but at the moment I am. So, I, you know, you can't can't mess with science. I'm looking down on everyone. Um, okay, so <laughs> segued again. Segued to being an obnoxious twat. So this season is birth, which I'm really excited about because, as I said, I've recently-ish given birth and I haven't told my story yet. Um, And before I started recording all of these episodes for this season, I was like, oh my God, I haven't told my birth story about Marley. People, I know people have been wanting to hear it. Um, What a great way to start off the podcast. And then I've actually recorded people um, uh, because I got people to send in their birth stories and like, just have to tell you up front, in comparison to some of the stories you're going to hear, my birth story with Marley is pretty boring. Um, but I'll do my best to jazz it up. Maybe I'll lie a bit. Just, I, you know, I've always said, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So if I feel like it's dragging, I might throw in a lie or two. Um, but who's to know? Who's to know? Uh, you know, this is all about just a good listen, isn't it? Says me, who's all about being real. Um, I mean, be real, but also be entertaining. You know, it's, a, it's like it's, it's a hard line to trot. Um, so my birth story with Marley, uh, that is what, that's what we're doing. Um, so it started with both my children. I pre-labored for 10 fucking years and I don't know if you, and I, I thought I was the only one when, when I, when it happened with Maddie, it is, it is fucking torture. It is complete and utter torture. It's emotional torture. It's physical torture. It's 
just emotional torture, as I said, but I'm saying it again because it is. Um, it's so you you are having contractions, and they amp up, and then they disappear or they amp down or whatever. So basically, you are having really like mildish contractions for. However, like with Maddie, it was a week. With Marley, it was, oh my God, I, it was like on and off what felt like 13 years. It was like almost a month, I swear to God. And I was just at the point where I was like ready to cut my fucking self open and just pull him out, pull him out. I was like, give me an epidural right now. I mean, actually pre- pregnancy this time was fucked. I wanted an epidural at 20 weeks. I was so done. I like, I had pelvic pain. I have everything. I think I had discussed already that I was like so ready to get Chris neutered because I was not dealing with that again. Um, and the pre-labor was the same. I was just so exhausted because because I was so over being pregnant, I just wanted him out so much, so bad. Um, so the thought of when I would be having contractions and I'm like, yes, this is funny fucking happening. I finally don't have to be pregnant for one more second. I'm not going to pee myself like for the 700th time today. Like I'm so done with this. I really want to fucking sleep again, which by the way, isn't that hilarious? Like I was getting no sleep when I was pregnant and then Marley came along and everyone's like, how are you going? Like, how, how are you feeling? Are you feeling rest? Like, are you getting any sleep? And I'm like, yes, yes. It feels so good. Like my baby's only waking me up three times a night. You have no idea how much sleep I'm getting. Um, anyway, I was whinging about being pregnant. So I was in pre-labor for a while. And, um, as you know, I mean, I whinged about it heaps because I fucking deserve to. It is torture. Um, and I didn't realize that so many people experience the same thing because the thing is you, you're embarrassed, you're embarrassed, um, because you think, do I just have a really low pain threshold? Am I making it up? Am I crazy? Um, you know, you just think it's all in your head or you just think it's, um, because you're pathetic. Like (laughs) I always thought I had a really high pain threshold, but then when I was pre-laboring, I'm just like, didn't most people not even feel this? And I'm just like pathetic as fuck. Um, so, I mean, it's confronting in so, like, so many different ways. And I think I needed to go through all of that for me because I spent my whole pregnancy basically ignoring the fact that I was pregnant. I, I mean, maybe that's why my body just made it as hard on me as possible because uh, I just, I didn't think about the baby. I wasn't like, to me, it was almost an inconvenience. I was trying to get as much done before he came. Um, I didn't know whether it was a boy or a girl. I swore, I swore, I swore I was having a girl. And so many people just looked at me and they're like, you're having a boy. Um, and I was like, you don't know. I'm connected with her. I know I'm having a girl. Um, and then obviously I pulled him out and he had balls and I was like, who the fuck was I connecting with? Anyway, so I'm crazy. Marley, what's the matter? No, I know you're a boy now. Um, and he's distracting me. Now I kind of remember what I was saying. Yeah. So the... Yeah, I think I had to go through all the pre-labor and everything because I I spent so much time not 
thinking about it, not even considering birth. I hadn't done any, any preparation for birth. Cause I'm like, I've done it before. You know, I know, I know what goes on. I know all it's about is getting a baby out. My body knows what it's doing. It'll do it. So I wasn't mentally prepared. I wasn't physically prepared. It was just the last thing on my mind um, because I was focusing so hard on my career and so hard on everything else around me that I was my last priority and this baby was my last priority, which was the opposite to how I treated um, my pregnancy with Maddie. I mean, I meditated every day. I was like doing hypnobirthing stuff. I was so connected. I was so in tune with my body. I was so just grateful and appreciative of it all. Um, and I just was the opposite, complete, complete opposite with Marley. Um, so when I was going through that pre-labor, it stopped me from doing a lot of things. Like I had a lot of events. I had speaking events that I had planned. Um, I had lots on that I had to I had to cancel because I was having contractions or whatever it was. And I mean, like there was a speaking event that I really wanted to go to and I thought my waters had broken, which by the way, did you know you have like about 700 fucking pockets of random fluid in as if there wasn't enough space in my uterus already or whatever. I don't know where the fuck these pockets of fluid are. Um, and no, it wasn't we. I smelled my undies because I was so, I, couldn't, I, was, I was like, surely not. Smelt them. I was like, that's not we. Um, but turns out I lost many pockets of fluid that weren't my waters and weren't my we. So fucks me what they are. Um, yeah, so I thought my waters are broken and the contractions like amped up and I was like, oh my God, this is it. Um, I can't do the speaking event trying to go through these contractions or what happens if this is the real thing and all of a sudden it goes from zero to a hundred and that's what the midwives kept saying to me and everyone tells you like with your second baby it pretty much the labor time almost halves every baby that's what they say and a lot of the time from what I've heard that's what happens um but spoiler alert that is not what happened with Marley at all which by the way I was really fucking off I was off that hardcore um, so, mate, what are you doing? Um, so, sorry, I don't know what Molly's doing. Um, so, yeah, they kept, the midwives kept saying to me, because with Maddie, I went from, uh, four centimetres dilated to baby out within 20 minutes. Um, but I went from zero centimeters dilated to four centimeters dilated in like two weeks. So, I mean, I go from taking forever to just a baby coming out of me. So they said, as soon as I was, my contractions were a certain amount apart, I had to get to the hospital ASAP because, you know, the baby could already, like I could have a head between my legs already by that point. So I was really nervous, nervous about being too way, too far away from the hospital, nervous about saying yes to an event and being an event and, you know, going to fucking labor halfway through my speech, whatever it was. So I was forced to say no to a lot of things and forced to listen to my body and actually rest and actually connect and spend time with the baby in my belly and spend time um, even just understanding myself, understanding what was coming. Because I, I think personally for me, I always think, birth or almost the lead up to 
your baby coming out. It's like you're learning the last lessons that you need to learn before they come. Um, with Maddie, I had to learn a lot of patience. Mate, what is that about? Um, and it's like, I know a lot of people who, okay, do we think he's doing a poo or nah? Um, with a lot of people, I, like I know a lot of people who just swore against C-sections and just, you know, were like so against them and so against anything unnatural and every single one of them had an emergency C-section because you have to, it's like the universe is teaching them to be compassionate, I guess, you know, and understanding. And, and, um, so I really do believe that you, uh, you learned so much during birth, which is another reason why I want to discuss it. Um, yeah, so basically I was in pre-labor forever. I learned a lot about myself. I learned to stop. I learned to slow down. I learned to put things on hold for a while. I learned that I was learning that, um, learning to not push things, um, and listen to my, put myself first and put my baby first, essentially. And so in all that, um, one day I got to a point after like two weeks of being in pre-labor, I was just, and I was doing everything. I was like shelving fucking, um, what is it? Rose hip, whatever that oil is. I was like shelving it. I was, I was going and getting, and mind you, I was only like 30, I was only 37 weeks pregnant, but I was done. I was so done. I was contracting and I was fucking done. So I was going to, I was getting massages and telling them I was 42 weeks pregnant. I was getting acupuncture done, telling them I was 42 weeks pregnant. So I would never go back to the same place. (laughs) So I just like, I was basically like bar hopping. I was massage hopping and just, um, fooling everyone like I don't know whether that fucked up their insurances or whatever who cares but at the time I was just like get get this baby out of me um and yeah I was doing everything I was drinking raspberry leaf tea um like I was you know some 18 year old girl in a fucking club drinking cruises like I was sculling that shit I like pretty much just fucked water off and I just drank straight raspberry leaf tea what else was I doing? I was like jogging upstairs. I would, I was going for these like huge walks. I just started running. I don't even run when I'm not pregnant, but all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to start running <laughs> because surely if I run enough, I'll just bounce the baby out. Like the baby will have nowhere to go except down. Um, and Chris was like, what are you doing? I'd like come out in my jogging clothes, jogging clothes. I sound like an 80 year old came out in my jogging clothes. And Chris is like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going for a fucking run. And he's like, no, you're not. You're not going for a run. And I was like, fuck you. I'm absolutely going for a run. Look after Maddie. I'll be back in 20 minutes. And I'd have to like call him to come and get me because I'd start running and I'd get lost somewhere. And I'm like crying. And I'm like, I can't go back. I'm too sore. I can't go back. Um, so just in case you're looking for things to try. I mean, who knows what works, right? We all try all of these things. But do they just come when they're supposed to come? Or... <laughs> Is there actually some sort of magic thing? Oh, and pineapple juice. I was just drinking pineapple juice as well. So between between pineapple juice and raspberry leaf tea, I pretty much just straight up fucked off water like so hard. And then my mum even has this like, I remember when I was pregnant with Maddie and getting, oh, and I was going through all the, um, the pre-labor stuff. Mum goes to me, she said, 
I was told, and she had four babies, right? And I mean, we all turned out fine. So she, she told me, she's like, when I was um, trying to bring labor on, um, I was told to have a glass of red wine um, because it just helps relax you. And it's not enough, you know, to harm the baby and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And I was like, nope, that's enough for me. If mum says a glass of red wine helps and a glass of red wine helps. So I tried that. And truth be told, I think that did definitely help because... The night, the day that I ended up, night that I ended up having Marley, this is what happened. I got to a point where I was like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm done trying shit. I'm done, done with it all, whatever. He'll come whenever. Um, and any contractions or niggles, anything that I feel, I'm going to ignore them. Who fucking cares? They made me nothing. You know, you get to that point where you're just like, no, I'm done. Fuck it all. Um, so I was done. That morning I was like, I'm just going to spend time with Maddie. So we went out. We got a baby Chino, did all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's the life that she lives. This is the life that kids these days live every day. Maddie's like, I want a baby Chino. And I'm like, who do you fucking think you are? But yeah, of course, of course. Let's go get, let's go get your macadamia milk baby Chino. Um, and mommy get her macadamia milk coffee. Yes, Bobby, let's go. Um, I never thought I'd be that mum, but it's just so fun. And I mean, I want my coffee and she sits and drinks a baby Chino for 20 minutes. So, I mean, who's to complain? And so we went and we did our like little, like, um, a little millennial thing and went and got coffee and all that sort of thing. And then we went, we met my mum at the shops. And I mean, at the time I was so off her because, and I'd, I'd started feeling con- like contractions when we were getting coffee. But as I said, I ignored them because I was like, so I was like, my body's a liar. That's the point I was at. Buddy, you're lying to me. So I just ignored them and they were really far apart. So I was just going through the whole, you're a liar phase. And then we get to the shops, met mum at the shops and I was so fucking off it because she was dragging me around everywhere. And Maddie just wanted to be carried. And then mum wanted to go get, um, oh, that's right. We went to grilled and I couldn't even eat because uh, because of, of the contractions. I was like, actually, I don't feel so good. Um, but again, I was like, my body's a liar. I'm not eating a burger. It's actually stopping me from eating a burger, but it's still, it's a liar. Um, and then mum dragged me all over the shops. And then she was like, I've got to go to my laser appointment. It'll only be 10 minutes. Um, you know, you and Maddie just hang out here, like just go for a wander and then I'll be out. And I was like, okay, whatever. At this point, it was like getting towards the middle of the day. Maddie was tired. I was done. Walking is hard enough as it is pregnant. It's extra hard when you have a toddler whose love language is touch and just needs to be held all the fucking time. So I was carrying a toddler around. She just wanted to look at everything, see everything. And I was just... Mum's appointment went forever. I ended up leaving her there because I was just, I was like, I can't wait for this shit. Sorry, mum. Left her, walked all the way back through the shopping centre and I was having the contractions. So I was shitty, I was in pain and um, I needed a fucking nap. So Maddie and I went home and that's what we did. We had a nap. And as I was napping, I was woken up again by the contractions. And I mean, they were still, they were like not intense. They were just, you know, pre-labor contractions. And again, I just was ignoring it all. We woke up. I like sort of bounced on the ball for a bit and they were starting to get closer and closer together. And 
then Chris got home and I said, yeah, babe, I've been having contractions all day. And he's like, cool story. This is the same story I've heard every single fucking day. I just took two weeks off work. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm so sorry about that. Um, anyway, just ignore it. Let's just ignore it. My body's a liar. That's what we're working with. Turns out my body wasn't a liar. The contractions got closer and closer and closer and closer together. And this is what made me realize that it was the real deal. All of a sudden, I was like in the lounge room, sort of on my hands and knees, you know, doing the whole like bellowing cow sort of thing where you like rock your hips back and forth, all that sort of thing. And you're like breathing, you're like doing that. And Maddie just comes up to me and she just started crying, but it was not just, it wasn't like a tension, you know, the cry where it's just annoying. You're like, I have no sympathy for you. You're just whingy and annoying. Um, it was the really sad cry, like genuinely sad. She came up, she was hugging me and she was crying and she's just going, no, you're my mummy, you're my mummy. Oh, and it broke me. And in that moment I was like, this is it. She knows, she knows that the, the baby's coming. She knows that this is the last time that it's just going to be her and I. Um... And so the contractions got closer and closer still. I think I made like eggs and vegetables because in my head I was like, well, if this is happening, I need to like really get myself sorted. So I just like made like I'm the one having contractions, but I'm making Chris and I dinner, um, ate our food. And afterwards it got to a point where I was like, no, nah, this we're on. And I called my midwife and I said, look, I'm pretty sure I'm on. This is what's been happening. It's been consistent. It like the contractions haven't been going away. They started long. They've started far apart this morning and it's just been getting closer and closer and closer and closer consistently. They're now this far apart. Um, what should I do? And she said to me, pack your shit, get in the car and get up here immediately. And I was like, Chris and I like high five. We're like, yes, we're fucking on. We're having a baby. Um, and we drove to the hospital, dropped Maddie off at my sister's place, got into the hospital and the contractions were getting closer. Um, but they weren't hurting. They were just intense. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. This is because you don't really remember what labor's like. You don't because your brain fools you into having more children by giving you birth amnesia. Okay, this is a real thing. This is something I want to discuss. I had hardcore birth amnesia. When I gave birth to Maddie, afterwards I was like, oh my God, that was amazing. That was the best thing ever, blah, 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 blah. And as the months went on and the years went on, I just loved the experience more and more. I was like, oh my God, I want to give birth a thousand times over. That was just magical. Best moment of my life. And then... So I was having these contractions and they were really hurting. They were intense and I knew what they were, but they weren't hurting. But I couldn't remember how much they hurt. I just thought I was fucking killing it. So I get to the hospital and the midwives are all like, yep, you're on girl. You know what you're doing. We'll just leave you in the room. Just let us know if you want like a hand with anything. I was like, cool, no worries. And I said to the midwife, I was like they're not really hurting. Should I be concerned? She's like, yeah, with my second baby, they didn't really hurt either. And your waters haven't actually broken yet. So it acts as a cushion. So it doesn't hurt. You just feel like the intensity. And in that moment, I actually thought of all my friends who had 
um, who gave birth with their children still in the amniotic sac. And I was like, you fucking douchebags. That's why you thought birth didn't hurt. Um, and I was like, fuck yeah. I was texting people. I was like, I'm in birth and I'm having a good time. I was like dancing. I was having the, I was like, this is going to be the best. This is what I remember birth being just amazing. So much fun. Um, and then she ended up checking to see how dilated I was checked. And it was like two centimeters. And I was like, this is fucked. How long is this? And cause she just kept saying, oh, honey, you're going to go zero to a hundred. You're going to go zero to a hundred every second. You're going to go zero to a hundred, just like you did last time with your last daughter, but it's going to be even quicker this time. And I was like banking on that. I was planning on getting to the hospital and two hours later, having my baby in my arms. And so this went on for a few hours. It's going to go zero to a hundred. Some stage I thought my waters broke again and checked wasn't my waters. That was just one of the other sacks of fluid that just like, I don't know. I don't know where they hide in your body, but they do. Um, and so it got to a point, this is like four hours in, five hours in and the midwife's like, look, would you like us to, you're obviously here to have a baby. And I was like, you better believe that girlfriend. I am not leaving here without a child in my arms. If this kid, if my uterus is not empty when I leave, heads will fucking roll. I will make it. I will make sure it is empty. I will book myself in for my own C-section. Um... So she said, you're obviously in here to have a baby and your contractions are consistent and they're intense. The contractions are there, but this is what happens. My body just, although the contractions are intense, my cervix is like, I'm just not going to fucking keep up with that. I'm going to do my own thing. Um, There just seems to be some sort of disconnect between what my body is doing and what my cervix actually wants to do. Um, by the way, you know how they, because I got um, an internal a few times and every single time they're like, oh, your cervix looks nice and long. And every time I just pretended that I knew what that meant. Um, and I, because in my head, I was like, I realized, I don't know what a fucking cervix looks like. What? Like, I just assumed it was almost like just a second layer to your vagina. And like, it's just, it just opens up eventually, you know? So I was like, what does it mean if it's long, long and closed? So I Googled everything and don't you, when you're, when you're pregnant and when you're in the early stages of labor, do you or don't you ask Google everything you can possibly think of? I Googled what my cervix looked like. I, I Googled whether I could find it. I Googled whether I could open it myself. I was like ready to get one of those, like, you know, those tools that go in and you like, you you open things. I don't know what the tool is, but I was going to get one of those and I was going to find my cervix. I was going to insert it into it. I was like, Chris, find my cervix. I was like, this is what it looks like. I want you to find it. Give me a fucking stretch and sweep. Um, and so anyway, turns out I still, even with all the pictures, I don't understand how it's long. I don't, I just don't understand. Um, so if you know what it means to have a long cervix, a long enclosed cervix, please let me know because it still makes no sense to me. So what we were talking about, my cervix. So it was only two centimeters dilated and my body was just doing its own thing and my cervix was doing its own thing. Um, and she said to me, look, do you want us to break your waters? Let's get this thing going. And I said, fucking oath, I want you to break my waters. Get that thing up there. Get your finger, poke it, get a stick, whatever it is that you need to do. I want you to break it. Um, and she goes, okay, it's going to, the contraction's going to get really intense after your waters are broken. And in my head, I'm like, 
how fucking intense can it really be? You know, I've done this before. It's not that hard. So far, I'm having a great time. I've been singing. I've been dancing. I've been squatting. I've been doing all those things that you see in like all those cool like YouTube videos of mums in labor that just like seem like they're having a good time. They're just, I don't know, they're like dancing to Superman or whatever it is. Um, by the way, when I said Superman, I meant that one, you know, the, um, Superman, your whole life gonna be you, not like, I don't know what a Superman song is. Anyway. Um, and so, yeah, she's like on the bed, legs spread, let's do this. She shoved that great big fucking like stick thing up there, poked it and just fluid just gushed out, gushed out. How hectic are waters? That's a lot of water. Um, so I went through about 7,000 like ship sized pads. Um, and I ended up just hanging in the shower. I was like, shower's easier. I like the shower when I'm, when I'm birthing. It's uh, a place of choice for me. And I always just leave Chris, like wherever he is, I just let him be because I like to do, I need to just be on my own. I'm like that with most things in my life. Just let me go inside my own head, do this on my own. Pretty much anything anybody says is the wrong thing. So <laughs> Chris just like sat on his phone, had a nap, kept drinking like the the free coffee that was there because he wanted to be awake and supportive. Um, but also just he hung in the corner while <laughs> I just did my thing. And he'd be like, are you right, babe? Do you want, do you want to help? And I was like, no, in my head, I'm like, fuck off. You did this to me. Um, and so hours passed, the contractions amped up hardcore because as soon as your waters are broken that's when it fucking hurts so much and I was going through the motions and I'm thinking I don't remember this hurting so fucking much um and that's when I realized that's when I was so angry with past me for not remembering why did you not remember how much this hurt and he was also posterior so it made it extra painful so not only did I forget all about the pain, but the pain was actually worse this time because posterior meant that his spine was on my spine. And which, by the way, I feel so gypped because I made sure I slept on the right side. You know, no, sleeping, I made sure I slept on my left side every single night. And he was actually turned, you know, the way that they say they're supposed to be turned, that's ideal. So when they come out, they go the right way. I don't know, whatever it is. I did that. He did that. And yet he still somehow managed to flip over and be back to back. So that was unenjoyable. And she, the midwife came back in after a few hours of me, you know, screaming and yelling and doing all that sort of thing. And, you know, trying to meditate through it, um, which I actually, I fucked that off. I fucked off the meditation thing because I was like, this is fucked. And she was like, okay, let's check your cervix again. One to five centimeters dilated, we can put you in the bath. And I was like, um, I was like, get me in that fucking bath. I will fill it up myself. I do not need your help. Um, and they asked whether I wanted the needle things in my back and the thought of needles kind of makes me go, Ugh. so I said, no. Um, I just, oh, straight away, I was like, give me gas. That's right. Because with Maddie, I tried to be a superhero and have nothing. And then at the end... Um, when they told me it was going to be like 36 hours of labor, I said, give me gas. Cause otherwise I will, I will, will die. I need a nap. And then she came out. So I came into this birth very pro gas. I pretty much walked in and said, get that machine going, load me up. Um, because I'm going to be on a fucking high this whole time. So I got the gas. I was lying in bed trying to have a nap. Also have the gas. It was just like, 
It's so weird. It's such an experience. You, you're on a, you're actually tripping. Such a trip. Um, but the pain was still really intense. And they eventually said, all right, legs up. Let's see how you're going. So I let them in. They checked it out. They said, you're only three centimetres dilated. And I said, I think I said, fuck you. I actually said, fuck you. No, that was her fault. Like, it's my cervix fault. I had should have been saying, fuck you, cervix, not fuck you, midwife. Um... But I was so done. And they said, okay, well, how about we give you some oxytocin to, you know, really get things going. And at this point, I mean, you go in thinking like, I want to have as fewer interventions as possible. But at the time I was like, anything, whatever you say, yes. So it gave me the oxytocin, which again, really amped up the, um, amped up the, uh, the contractions even more. You're right, mate. And, um, so the contractions were getting even more intense and she said, do you want us to, how about we just up the dosage or the amount of gas? And I was like, how fucking dare you not have it on high straight off the bat? Like, I want to be, I want to be like on a fucking unicorn in my head. I want to be on such a fucking high that I just wake up and I'm like, I don't know what happened, but there's a baby in my arm. That's really cool. Cause I know with Maddie, I was just, it was, I was tripping out. I was like, this is fun. So I went in going, I'm going to have a really good time. I'm going to be on a, like on a gas high for th- four hours because in my head I was like, I'm only going to be in labor for four hours. So a four hour gas high, wake up, baby out, start to come to realize that my baby isn't like a, you know, a toy dog or whatever, because my head in my high head, like that's what it probably was. And it's so crazy when you are on that gas high and all of a sudden everything starts to come back to reality. Um, You really feel like you are coming down a bit. So she amped up my gas and I, you know, went into the shower again and back to the gas and the shower again, all that kind of stuff. And at one point I said to her, I think I want an epidural. I think I want an epidural. And she goes, okay. When got the anaesthetist. The anaesthetist came. At this point, I'm on the bed and I'm on the bed on my hands and knees. The top of the bed was up and I had my arms resting on the top of the bed. And she, the anaesthetist came in and I was just like, just tribal, so tribal. I was like back in, you know, like one of my ancestors giving birth. That's the kind of noises that I'm making. And I'm a noisy person anyway. I'm the kind of person that makes a lot of noise when I'm having sex and a lot of the noise just in life. I'm a chatter. So when I'm giving birth, like imagine, like I couldn't imagine the amount of noise that I would be making if I was like a tennis player or something, because, you know, I'm dramatic. So I was being like, I have to make dramatic noises with the birth and I feel like it helps. Like, I don't know about anyone else, but like with each contraction, I felt like the more noise I made, just it took away from the pain. Like I just focused on how much noise I was making. So, um, you could probably hear me like in Noosa, (laughs) um, which that only make that reference only makes sense to people that live in the area. So I was making lots of noise and the the anaesthetist came in and he was like young and he seemed bored. He was like, just not like another fucking pregnant woman, just can't deal with this shit. Comes in and he stands next to the bed and he rattles off all of the um the possible side effects of um and dangers of having an epidural. And I mean, I was fine. Like the paralysis thing, 
couldn't care. At that point, I was like, please make me paralyzed. Please, for fuck's sake, please paralyze me from like the chest down. That would be unreal right now. That's what I was like. That's why, yeah, make me paralyzed. Um, and he was, you know, rattling off some of the other ones. And the only one that got me, and I've heard about this before, the migraine thing. I get silent. I like, I've had silent migraines before uh, a few times. And it's almost like, it's like I'm having a stroke. That's what they thought I was having. So that thought terrified me. The thought of having like a permanent migraine terrified me. The paralysis thing, couldn't kill us. The migraine thing stopped me in my tracks. And this is when Chris finally started to come to out of his just like Instagram scrolling. And he comes over and he's like, what's going on? Are you getting an epidural? And I said, fucking oath, I'm getting an epidural. And he's like, what, what do you mean? And he started Googling like, you know, the side effects of an epidural and everything. He goes, babe, I'm really, I don't want you to like, I don't want you to get it. And I said, no uterus, no opinion. I'm getting a fucking epidural. And then the guy started rattling off. As I said, he rattled off all the side effects and it was, once he got to the migraine thing, I said, I don't, I don't think I want this. And he looked, he was like, like annoyed because he's like starting to get shit set up and he'd been dragged all the way up here to this dramatic, you, you know, woman in labor. And he's like, you know, I've got shit to do. You don't even want this. What's going on? So he rolled his eyes. I was like, I don't think I want it. He's like, are you sure? You know, and in my head, I was like, the pain, if the pain could disappear, that would be unreal right now. So I was really torn between no pain and possibly being paralyzed forever. And I was like, oh, such a hard decision to make. But I said, I don't think I want the epidural. And he was like, whatever, rolled his eyes, walked away. And they said, you know what, hun? I think you're further enough along now that we can start filling the bath. And I said, great, fucking oath. So they started filling the bath. And I remember this is the moment it all sort of started to really happen. So I said no to the epidural. And in my head, so as I said, I swore I was having a girl. And I swore I'd connected to this girl. And, you know, we had a name and all this sort of stuff picked out. And I had this kind of like weird, trippy, like gas-induced dream sort of thing where I heard this boy talking to me saying, mum, I'm a boy. And I was like, and I, because I was having contraction in my head, I was going, yes. Okay. Whatever, whatever. You're a boy, you're a boy. And all of a sudden I needed to push. As soon as that happened, I was just, I yelled like, I need to push. Um, and I did. So that's when everyone like gloves are on and it was happening. And thankfully, I feel so bad for people who push for like 10 hours. Fuck that shit. I love pushing. Pushing's my favorite bit because I have been hashtag blessed to only, with Maddie, I pushed for three minutes. With Marley, I pushed for, I think it was four. Um, and it was the coolest thing. When I gave birth to Maddie, I was lying down on the bed because she just came really quickly. And I thought I was having like a little gas nap um, and just woke up all of a sudden there was head between my legs. And so I didn't get to pull her out or anything like that. With Marley, I was on my hands and knees and that was so cool. So I remember looking down and they're telling me, okay, no, in your next contraction, I want you to push. And all of a sudden this head comes out and I was like, and it's so crazy how actually calming those moments are between those contractions. Like it feels like it goes forever, but it doesn't at the same time. But when it comes down to those few moments before well for me anyway my experience was when I was pushing him out the head was out the head was between my legs 
And the midwife said to me, on your next push, you're going to find out what you're having. You're going to find out whether it's a boy or girl. And I was like, that is so crazy. And she goes, all right, take some deep breaths between this, these contractions. And it's so weird because you've got a head between your legs and you're thinking, I cannot be this calm. Surely I should be trying to push so hard to get this whole motherfucker out of me. Um, but it was like the most calming moment of the entire evening. Oh, and by the way, we're talking like 18 hours in or something. It was morning at this stage, like seven o'clock in the morning. And anyway, took those few breaths and pushed and out he came like a fucking fish. It's so weird. They just kind of like slither out. Like it's like you're pulling a, like a fish in from out of the ocean or something. You know, they're slimy. It's weird. And I pulled him up and I saw balls and I was like, what? It's a boy. Couldn't believe it. Chris was crying. I'm not crying because I'm not a crier. And in those situations, like I feel like I should be crying, but I'm just in shock. Um, and sorry, let me just give him a toy. There you go, mate. This is actually the worst he's been in any recording so far. I'm going to probably stop bringing him now. Um, and yeah, he came up and they were really good. The midwives just never interfered. They told me to pull him up. I brought him up to myself. They helped me flip over so I could put him on my chest. And in my head, I'm thinking like, is there a fucking doctor here? Is someone going to come and take my baby from me and figure out if he's okay? Because they come out blue or whatever. And he was crying. He was doing all the right things. But I'm like, I'm not a fucking doctor. Can someone please come and check if my baby was okay? And I'm like looking at all the midwives and I'm saying, is he okay? Is everything fine? And they're like, yeah, hon, you're fine. They're just like hell chill. They're just like sitting back drinking coffee, watching you just like pull this baby out of you. And they're like, you got this girlfriend. And like, you know, just pull him up, put him on your titty. He's all good. You got, you got this. You're good. And I'm like, well, fucking oath. I'm still not really sure whether I'm qualified enough to be pulling my baby out of me and just like figuring out for myself whether he's okay. Um, but I did. And even having had a baby before, you're still like, you're so worried that you're going to snap them in half because you forget how to hold them. You forget how small they are. Um, and he came out and he was looking around and he was just, yeah, it was so amazing. So beautiful. He took to the titty really easily. Um, and they just left us for ages. And, you know, while you're doing that, they're down there, they're, they've stopped having their cup of coffee and they're like jamming, you know, needle into you to stop the bleeding. And they actually pulled my placenta out of me. Like with Maddie, I had, um, I birthed it, but with them, they were like yanking, they're just like yanking it out and they're sort of like, when it got stuck, they're kind of just like shoving their hands up there, like opening me up a little bit more and they're like, just trying to get this motherfucker out and you just don't care because at this point you're like, I've been through fucking birth, like nothing, nothing is harder than what I've been through, yank that placenta out, get it out, do what you have to do, operate, whatever and they're like, you know, shoving needles in, all that kind of stuff until... That's how I felt until the moment they're down that end. I'm at my end and the midwife sticks a little pinky finger up in the air and she goes, all right, honey, I'm just going to pop this up your bottom. And I said, I was like, hold my baby. I'm like practically, I like handed Marley to, I was like, hold my baby. You are not putting that anywhere near my ass. I'm not an ass girl. I know people are into it. I know that there are girls that are like, mm, eat my bum, eat my ass. Like eating ass is a thing, which to me is so nuts. I can't think of anything I'd like 
oh, I would rather eat gluten than ass, and I'm very gluten intolerant. That's how I feel about eating ass. It's just like one of those things. I'm like, why? Why do you want to eat ass? Like, I get it if you don't have any other holes as options. Like, if you're gay or whatever, like that's great because you don't have like that's it. That's your only option. That's what you're into. But I'm like, there's just so many. There's so many better options than your bum. Like, that's that's my opinion anyway. So she's like, I'm looking down, legs spread, looking down at her. She's got a little pinky finger up in the air with a glove on. And she's like, I'm just going to stick this up your bum bum. And I was like, no, no, you're not. Sorry, I've been through hell. Um, I've got my baby out. But like I went through hell to get a child out. I'm not going through hell for no reason. You're not sticking that up my asshole. Um, I will be very aware of it. Like poke around my vagina as much as you possibly want. Stick your whole arm up there. I don't care. I can't feel anything. But I will recognize a finger up my ass. And she's like, it's just to make sure that there's no internal tears. And I was like, excuse me? I've never had this before. And she was like, you just, if I don't do it, then there could be a chance that you could, if there is a tear, you could end up with fetal incontinence. Fetal incontinence. Oh, no. Yep. Is that? No, fecal. Oh, my God. Fetal. Fecal incontinence. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard about that before because I surely fucking hadn't. I never had prepared myself for the possibility of a finger up my ass to check to make sure that I wouldn't end up shitting myself for the rest of my life. So, and I thought about it. I said, I don't know, let me have a think about it. I'm not sure whether I'd prefer to shit myself ever or for you to stick your finger up my ass right now. Um, so I spent a bit of time trying to decide which was more important and eventually I said, fine. And Chris was like, babe, just let us stick your finger, let, let us stick her finger up your ass. And I was like, okay, I don't see you here on the fucking operating table with someone deciding whether or not they want to shove a finger up your ass. Like turn around, bend over, let me shove a finger up your ass if this is what we're doing. Um, and so anyway, long story short, she shoved it up there. I did not enjoy it at all. And, oh, that's the other thing when you're pushing. I mean, I, sh- I'm pr- I shat myself with Marley, um, Maddie, Maddie. When I was giving birth, I shat myself with Maddie. Um, I know this because I remember we did an antenatal class before I gave birth. Marley, you're so noisy today. Um, yeah, we had, we had an antenatal class before I gave birth to Maddie. And at the antenatal class, the midwife that took her was awesome. And she said to all the hut, like all the partners, she said, if your wife shits herself giving birth, when she asks you whether or not she did, you tell her no. You always tell her no. Whether she did or she didn't, you tell her no. And I mean, I took that into account. So when I asked Chris, like whether or not I shut myself while giving birth and he said no, I said, I call bullshit. And he goes, babe, you didn't. And I was like, I absolutely call bullshit. So I got him drunk one night and I asked him and he's like, fine, you did. It was so, I was trying not to laugh. And I was like, motherfucker. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. I don't care if I shut myself because when you're giving birth and the midwives are saying to you, push into your bum, push into your bottom. And you're like, how on earth can I possibly not shoot myself while doing this? That was my thought. I was like, how can I push out a baby but not push out a shit? Like pushing pushing out a baby is way harder than pushing out a poo. You know, like a poo you do every day, but a baby you do not very often. 
and they're way bigger. And your ass is used to getting rid of a shit. Your vagina is not used to like a human leaving it. You know what I mean? So, um, this time I knew I was shitting myself because I'm on my hands and knees and they're telling me, push down and push into your bottom. Meanwhile, they've got these little warm towelettes that they're pushing into my bum. And I'm thinking, uh-huh, I know what they're doing. And I could feel one towelet go up, it leave. Another towelet come up, another towelet go down, another towelet come up. And it felt so good. I was like, this is really good to know because I feel like I'm hemorrhaging. Like I feel like I have my ass is turning inside out basically because you're pushing so hard you feel like you're literally about to to, your whole body's about to go inside out and so it kind of makes you feel better and you're like well if I am shitting myself this is what I need I need someone pushing against my ass and I never had the warm towelettes with Maddie but god I recommend them they are fantastic so I knew I was shitting myself and I just embraced it because it is so hard like, I just, I cannot understand how you cannot shoot yourself and give birth. That's probably why they were like, maybe she's actually torn something on the inside because she shat heaps. She was really pushing into her ass. Um, and, I mean, I did because I had hemorrhoids that were like, my my butthole was basically inside out. I don't remember getting hemorrhoids with Maddie. When I was pregnant with Marley, I had them um, because everything looks fucked up down there. It's like just swollen, all of it, like my my fucking flaps were like basically between my knees and my asshole felt like it was, you know, a balloon. And then once I had given birth to him and my hemorrhoids were like next level, it's like a fucking swollen flower around your asshole. That's what a hemorrhoids are like. It is like someone has literally turned your asshole inside out because it is, it's like, it's like it had nowhere to go. So it's on the outside now. Um, so that was really fun. And yeah, good news is Marley came out. He was great. My bum hole, I don't have uh, fecal incontinence, so that's really good. So, I mean, I probably didn't need a finger up my ass, but I guess in hindsight, you know, you got to do what you got to do. People go through worse than a little tiny little fingy up the bum hole. I mean, some people are into that. Some people would have been like, fuck yeah, put that finger up my ass. Me personally, not so much, but that's fine. Um, and he was perfect. He was so perfect. I took me like a week to just even come to terms with the fact that he was a boy. Um, and we named him Marley. They said to me, yeah, hun, you can leave in six hours. And I said, no fucking way in hell am I leaving in six hours. You better get me a room right now, woman, because I'm here for, I'm on a holiday. I've packed for at least minimum two nights I've packed for. Um, I've got people, I've told everyone where I want, what type of food I want, when I want it to arrive, what I'm having, what drinks I want. So you better get me a room. I'm setting up. I'm like, I basically, I had like, I was ready to, to, to redecorate the inside of that room and call it my fucking home. Cause I was on holidays. So they were like, okay. Um, and I stayed for one night after one night, they said, okay, you really have to like there's no reason that you can't go home. And I was like, mm, I think I'm having trouble with, I think maybe my bum hole's really inside out. I don't know what's wrong. Like stick your finger up there again, please. If that's what gets me another night. Um, but to, it did not work. They made me stay. I mean, they made me go home. So that was it. I went home with a brand new baby. Um, and it was, oh, and I, after having him, I was like, wrote myself a letter. Dear, Future Michaela, 
I know you're thinking about having another baby right now. And it's like, you know, it says like, if you think about having, if you're thinking about having another baby, open this, like open it says you have amnesia right now. I know for a fact because you're thinking about having another baby, but it really fucking hurts. You need to remember this because the amnesia is so, it is so legit. It is so, so legit. I did not remember any of that. Um, but I've already come to the point five months later where I'm like, oh my God, it was so amazing. I'll do it again in a heartbeat. And then I'll be in labor again and I'll be like, you fucking did this to me, Chris. How dare you? And I'll be having regrets again. But anyway, that's my birth story. And as I said, it's really boring in comparison to the birth stories that you're going to hear um, in this season. And I've got some awesome guests that are coming on, um, some midwives, some people who are just really passionate about looking after um, women pre and postnatal. Sorry, Marley is actually not being very good today. Um, and I should probably go because he's about to crack the shits. Um, but thank you for listening to today's podcast. I'm so excited for this season. I'm so excited for the new format. Um, if you want to get in contact me in contact with me, you can email me at hello at pleaseaskmickey.com. You can go to my website where there's a form that you can fill out. Um, or you can hit me up on my socials, uh, please ask Mickey. Um, and yeah, anyway, have a great week. I'll see you next week and thanks for listening. Oh, make sure that if you like my podcast, it would be really great if you could, um, review, rate and subscribe, all those sorts of things, because it means then that, I mean, more people know about it and I can brag about it. And I mean, who doesn't like to brag? So anyway, love you guys. Thank you for supporting me and I'll talk to you soon. Please Ask Mickey is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, hosted and produced by Michaela Burnett. Check out pleaseaskmickey.com. Editorial support from Julia Foskey, executive producers Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio stories, check out hit.com.au.